The mayonnaise had been for the fish and the ketchup for the chips. They sat on either side of the plate now and all the beige had gone from in between. She was contemplating another pint while she watched a woman in her late fifties looking at her phone while her first date was at the bar. They'd run dry conversation after just one drink. There'd been some insecurity to start with hidden by telling each other what sort of sense of humour they had before anyone had said anything funny. She could see where his finger had been carved to respond to the shape of the now absent wedding ring. Caitlin's mind wandered back to a few years ago before the pandemic to the last time she'd met someone. It was in a similarly brightly lit pub chain such as this and he was a similarly dimly lit man. In comparison to Caitlin, Nathan had been a thorn on a duvet. He was a damp flannel, a third scab after incessant picking, still stuck in the after-school Warhammer club at the boys' school, at which he was captain, where there was no need for captains. He thought he had a unique sense of humour, but even he didn't seem to get it. He chuckled randomly for the first half an hour of their meeting, and he shook his head, as if she'd never get it. He was bolshy, cynical, boring, and the self-imposed only Brian Eno fan at their sick form. He'd also claimed the Beatles were overrated. They'd crossed paths back then, but had never been in each other's company as adults. Facebook was to blame for him getting in touch. And Caitlin had been in a very dark period at the time. She fixed her eyes on the kaleidoscopic Monopoly fruit machine, hoping the flashing top-hatted gen would distract her from Nathan's second hot fudge brownie. He licked the back of his spoon like he was lubricating brake pads. He maintained an irregular off-key humming whilst masticating. Under the table, Caitlin pulled a strand of skin from her infected Whitlow. It almost brought a tear to her eye. It was hard to get a grip with the fingers of her left hand. It was hard to know if this qualified as self-harm. Average brownie, he said. Think I'm getting a headache? He shoveled in his final spoon, having scraped the bowl down, and then used a finger to wash it. He made no attempt to hide his belch and he made a long sweep of his fish mouth before moving the chocolate from his fingers to his Sainsbury's jeans. Have you been watching the Bake Off much? Gently asked Caitlin. Nah, overrated, he replied. Caitlin wondered what wasn't overrated for him. Oxygen? Water? Birth? Spec you have here. He smirked, looking around for something more interesting to look at. The fruit machine blurted something out in a voice that resembled Nick Knowles. I'll just nip into the toilet, she whispered. Again, he mumbled, pulling out his phone with relief. A quick wipe of the toilet seat hadn't stopped it from being icy. Her doughy skin almost fizzled when it landed. Steam snaked from the triangular vent 
between her legs. The air was sharp. The smell of bulk by cleaner rampaged around the drafty cracks. Her finger had been bleeding now, but had dried. She scraped off the crumbly blood dust, and it speckled on the tiles ahead of her. She tried to forgive this boy. He's emotionally illiterate, she thought. That's really sad. He needs some help. She could feel the pressure of tears coming, but she didn't know why. Perhaps they'd ice over when they came out, it was that cold. And then she heard the door squeak and someone enter. Won't be a second, Caitlin called. That's all right, love, said the voice. I've only come in here to store some fish fingers. That made her smile, like being rescued from a prison. She wasn't this low, she said to herself. I'll pay half the bill and then go to the bus. So up she got, leaving a red fossil of the cold seat on her bum. Then she treated herself to her normal belt hole. The couple in their fifties were wrapping up, and they both explored their phones without any guilt, resigned to there not being a second date, and seeming more relaxed now, and actually chattier. Caitlin buttoned up. The nip of the wind that she'd seen blowing people's hair outside didn't seem like it would take any prisoners. And she left, to the sounds of the young boy Carl getting chastised by his manager for his plaster flapping and revealing his flesh ring. The wing of a dead pigeon in the car park looked like a toy boat sail. The body of the bird had been completely squashed, pecked at and mutilated. But the rigid and slow flapping of the wing caught in the wind. You don't really see pigeons pecking at dead pigeons, she thought as she perched at the bus stop and popped in her last sugar-free polo. In fact, she had a feeling that they might actually preen the carcass for a while instead.